This episode was recorded November 30th, 2023. The Culinary Institute of Child Nutrition proudly presents The Mix-Up, an iBytes production. Join me, Chef Patrick Garmong, as I mix it up with child nutrition professionals and culinary experts from the child nutrition world. Welcome back to The Mix-Up. I am so excited today to be joined by Chef Jason Tepper. He's the executive chef at Alexandria City Public Schools in Virginia. Hey, welcome, Jason. Hey, thanks a lot, Chef. It's awesome to be here with you finally. I know we've been talking about doing this for over a year and just haven't been able to connect um, when I've tried to you know, wrangle you in or wrangle myself in even when we've run into each other at conferences or meetings. Things are going so so fast that I just can't even get time to sit down with you. So I'm so glad we've been able to carve out this time today. Yeah, of course. What, has it been a busy year or what? <laughs> just a little bit busy, right? <laughs> I think coming out of the pandemic, we're all moving in a hundred different directions and uh, just trying to level up the field and recover from that, that downtime we had uh, when we all were working from home and working from doing things different than we've ever done. So for sure. Th- thank goodness we can keep up with it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We won't even use that pivot word. We just keep moving forward at this point. That's right. right. That's right. Well, before we get too far into it, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your district size, makeup, things like that, kind of uh, what it is your district brings to the table and um, how people sure. can identify with what you all are doing? Um, absolutely. So we're um, City of Alexandria Public Schools. We have 18 schools. We're, we ride between 16 and 17,000 students. We are hap- we're proud to say, but are constantly striving for better. We have about a 60% participation rate. Um, and uh, like we're here to serve the community, uh, just like everybody, you know, on that's watching this is. And um, we we have a really strong focus on uh, local procurement, scratch made, uh, sustainable. Um, and it's really like a full day lesson, you know, it's, 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 you know, obviously when I'm involved, it's in the breakfast or lunchroom, but we, we also try to teach our kids about what it means to be sustainable, uh, what it means to bring in produce that's local, like from our state versus trucking it in and using gas and pollution, polluting the atmosphere, you know, trucking in apples from across the country when, uh, you know, we've got a dozen great varieties of apples grown right here in Virginia. And so we just, you know, we try to pack it all in everything from excellent, healthy, nutritious meals um, to also learning about tasting new foods, um, helping kids of all cultures uh, feel included and and really bringing the equity to to the whole program. Uh, for example, chef, when we uh, send out publications, we translate in over sixty languages. So we're we're wildly diverse, um, and it's it's really been an incredible um, experience and journey. That's awesome. Kudos to you all for doing that. That's Thanks. A, that's a big undertaking. So it's great that you all are meeting the needs of your community like that. Wow. Yeah, thank you. I, I want to add that, um, you know, through partnerships and collaborations with Chef Ann Foundation, Healthy School Food Pathways Fellowship, um, Healthy Kids Collaborative, Collaborative, and Institute for Child Nutrition has been, uh, you know, our support. So we really can't thank you enough. Yeah, no, and we're happy to help. And I know all those organizations are happy to help, too. We're all trying to level up the field and do better for our students. So 
Um, you know, everything you said that you guys are doing, I know you're doing because you were one of the, my favorite followers on social media and you're constantly sharing the good things that you guys are doing in the district and the work you're also doing to the Healthy Kids Collaborative, which is Plant Forward group. Um, so you're not just talking the talk, you're walking it. And that's so important in everything that we do. Well, thanks a lot. Um, I owe it to my to our team. I mean, we have an excellent, really well-rounded, diverse team also. Um, our director, Dr. Eric Coleman, our assistant director, Gina Green, our uh, our awesome new uh, nutrition coordinator, Kelly Combs. Kelly Combs, she's uh, our registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, she's the one that kind of has uh, full responsibility, hands-on, like keeping me out of trouble with like going too wild with everything. Yeah. Um, and we have great field op supervisors, Ke uh, Josh and Jen, uh, you know, our front office team, Sonia and Nika, I just, you know, have to plug them and our fan finance guy, Dustin, who tells me what I can and can't buy. That's like not on bid, yeah. you know, um, because we like to, we really do push the envelope and, and, uh, honestly, I, I rely on them to like really keep me out of trouble because I try to do wild stuff. Hey, man, it takes that outside the box, pushing forward, thinking to make things happen in this field. So congrats and hats off to you and hats off to them for keeping in the, in the guide rails at times too, right? I mean, it is not an easy job. Yeah, I bet. I, bet. I just had to, uh, couldn't answer a call from my, our, our director about something that I'm sure that I was going to get in trouble for, but you know what? They keep me around. They keep me around. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've been in the in child nutrition for quite a while, but I know you're kind of somewhat newer to the field. What? Um, tell us a little bit about your story, how you ended up in child nutrition and your career path. Okay, well, thanks a lot. I, so, yes, like as an employee of child nutrition, it's only been almost three years, but I feel like my whole life has been, uh, you know, either as a kid eating myself or feeding my own kids. We have a, 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 a blended family. I have three kids and my wife has three kids. Uh, anyone ever seen the show, the Brady bunch and my wife's name is Marsha. So uh, oh, wow. pe people would be like, Oh, you, you look great for having six kids. And then we would tell them that like my three are, were tri are triplets. And, oh, you know, we would save a lot of people the heartache of explaining the ins and outs and how we all came together. But, you know, I'm very thankful that we are um, all together. And I feel like it, at the time when when my kids, um, my stepkids um, grew up, moved out, went to college, all of a sudden, Marsh and I are empty nesters. Um, I had a real, a really, really big void in my life. Um, and, you know, like just like the job in Alexandria came up to be the chef for Alexandria City Public Schools. I had no idea what I was getting into trading my, you know, three kids at home for almost 17,000 kids in Alexandria. Um, but honestly, I think it, it's the best thing. It's the best like opportunity or decision that like I've ever even dreamed of. Um, it's more incredible to serve kids uh, lunch for, you know, free and reduced lunch then like I had a really excellent time for many years of my life serving diners and like fine dining and Michelin starred restaurants um you know typical check for two people easily over a thousand dollars and at th that time I thought that's what was important and I see that there's so many people lining up to do that and also not enough people doing what we're doing and so I just really try to inspire chef friends of mine 
to go when these chef jobs open up in neighboring districts like uh, Loudoun County, Fairfax County, DC public schools. I always try to recommend someone and um, it's just super rewarding. I, I know that I'm talking to the choir, preaching to the choir here, but sharing my story, it's, it's very, even very rewarding. Just telling you about it. Like I got, I have goosebumps. I feel like I could cry at any moment. It's just, it's so amazing to serve these kids. Um, it, that's the most important work that I feel we can do. You, you really hit it on it too. And there's this, there's a huge number of folks that are gravitating away from that fine dining, um, high-end upscale restaurant scene and gravitating towards child nutrition. Um, and I think it's because of what you just described, right? It's, it's rewarding work. Although the other work can be very rewarding. It's technical and um, you get that that wow factor from people spending that thousand dollars for two diners on, on, a, on a ticket. Um, there's a feeling of satisfaction with that, but there's almost a, a miss in the feeling of being in service that you get when you work in the K-12 space. And um, for me, the quality of life is so much better. The experience of working with students, working within communities, changing communities, really, is so impactful. And um, I think what you all are doing is definitely doing that. And the more you can spread that word about how great it is to work in this space, the better. And, you know, I'm, for all those listening out there, uh, Chef's wearing a culinary, uh, a CIA Culinary Institute of America sweatshirt right now. Um, you know, CIA pumps out a ton of different culinarians every year. Great school. Um, I'd love to be able to get that conversation happening at that level too. It's not just chasing James Beard and Michelin stars. It's about being of service at times. And, uh, you know, there's a quote in uh, the movie Pearl Harbor, there's no better uh, spirit than the spirit of a volunteer. Well, although we're not volunteering, it's still that same spirit of service that uh, folks like you and myself and others have just kind of put ourselves into to, to work in a meaningful way. Um, I have some, you're, you're, you've, you've tuned my brain into like, I have some kind of quotes of the day. Can I share them? Yeah, please. I, I, I feel like, so Ann Lander, she was, uh, you know, back in the day, like had her own column and the newspaper and everyone would like write in and ask Ann like this, this stuff. And, and she put it really great. She said, it, it's not what you do for your children, but what you have taught them to do for themselves that will make them successful human beings. So all this stuff we're doing, we're really trying to teach them. This is a, of a very good way to go and live your life. Take care of your, of your bodies, take care of the planet. Um, you know, our ancestors, unfortunately have done things to this planet that, uh, are going to be very irreparable if we don't really grab it by the horns now and help the, the next generations to fix it. And, uh, like a final comment, I like to say to my staff all the time is that, uh, um, Scratch made locally procured anything is better than processed everything. And um, it's kind of like, those are my guide rails um, yeah. that I, I try to stick in. So I really appreciate you letting me share. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, those small incremental steps, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it might be that you're adding just a fresh component to something else, but that just elevates that that recipe, that dish, that tray. I just having that, just that small thing at times just is that game changer. And um, I love what you guys are doing. So tell us a little bit more about what your role is within the district. Some districts, you know, when you hear executive chef, it's someone who's just in the back pushing paperwork, or they might be the catering chef that also kind of looks at menus and does a little bit of training, or they might be the training chef, or they might be overseeing production. Like, I can go on forever, right? There's so many different roles of chefs in schools. So 
What is your role within your district? So I'm really happy to say, first off, like I don't really have an office, but I have 18 really big kitchens um, that are operating like uh, we're like, a, for lack of another term, like a quick service restaurant chain of restaurants. And like each staff is different. Each kitchen puts together recipes a little bit different. And I just try to go in every day, honestly, teach the basics of cooking and serving and treating people with respect and dignity and smiling and, and, and enjoying it and having fun. I always tell my staff, if I can instill just a measure of, of my passion and my enjoyment and my fulfillment, um, you know, it's just going to help uh try to spread that goodness all around. Um, so like my role, honestly, is to go out and show kids new dishes. Um, and I show mostly like 95% of the time, it's all plant-based, all plant-forward food. Like I don't have to go and push meat of any kind. Um, the kids that eat meat, they only only thing we will do is test if we're going to change out a burger or change yeah. out a chicken and things like that. So everything I, I everything I show is plant-based. We're, we're also fortunate that we have uh, for either religious reasons or health reasons, uh, the more plant-forward and plant-based things we can do, we have a, like a 30% of our population are non-meat eaters. So the incentive there is to really also please them, also invite them. Uh, the less that they feel that they have to bring their meals from home because of all the different cultures and backgrounds, the more that we can make them feel included and show them foods from their home, you know, their homelands uh, and, and have everybody like in the mix, trying the stuff. We do things like we don't always say that it's uh, not meat. Like uh, we love to use, uh, you know, legumes, lentils, beans. Uh, we make a muffin, a honey lentil corn muffin, and the little kids will sample it. They'll cheer. They're starting riots almost. The principals and teachers ask like that we keep the kids calm, like yeah. they go crazy for this stuff. And then the kids are asking, is it chocolate? Is it blueberry? And we're like, no, we explain what lentils are. And then we after they've all had a chance to try it literally through all of our schools. Now we're at the point where like lentils are our center of the plate, like a lentil loaf, like a, for lack of another term, also meatloaf. I hate to call it a meatloaf because it's not, but it's like, it was an alternate uh, for our Thanksgiving holiday meals. We had over 2000 parents come and join their kids. And, um, and that's the stuff that they got to enjoy. And we're really super proud to show them uh, like that. We're just, you know, our schools are making homemade hummus. Uh, we are practicing like with salad dressings and, and things like that, whatever each, each school, each kitchen staff can handle, like we move on the continuum as we can. Um, and it's just been awesome. It's been totally awesome to watch all these people develop and um, also get passionate about it. Yeah. I, you know, I think I, there's so much there to unpack, but I think the one thing that I'm taking out of that, that I really kind of have my head wrapped around which is that equity lens that, you know, doing plant-based can meet a lot of other needs. And oftentimes I hear folks that when they're presented with um, different cultural food um, menuing, I'd say challenges to them, they don't think of plant-based as a solution. And it really is and can be and meet those needs. So uh, without driving costs, I mean, plant-based can be a lot more, um, how do I put it? Uh, a little more friendly on the budget at times. Um, yeah, I ha I have to make I have to make a reference. You guys can take this out if you want, but I have to um, 
go, I always go back to ground pro uh, lentils. Um, it's incredible. They're so easy to prepare. They, they taste and feel very substantial and the two MMA plate cost is 55 cents. So going, you know, speaking to your point of affordability. Um, and I just, I honestly think this product's going to help save our planet, you know, taking the carbon out of the atmosphere, locking it in the ground. I mean, it's just, it's, it's gonna, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. And the kids, they absolutely love this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many different producers now that are coming into the market space and bringing these plant forward options out there. And, um, you know, some of them may be kind of analogs where they're, you know, replicating one thing with the plant base, which is yep. an interesting way. And sometimes a um, really strategic way to get folks more engaged with plant base and others are kind of doing things that um, are a little more out there, but are very accessible at the same time. So it's just, it's cool to see how the industry is shifting to this kind of more, um, you know, inclusive, uh, ecologically sensitive, you know, all name all the key trigger words, right. But things are moving in that direction. That's, that's really good. To see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, it's the right thing to do and it'll be really awesome one day when we don't have to like highlight it so much where it's just like, this is the way we live. Yeah. Just part of, part of every day. Right. It's not a, yeah. Yeah. And it's really exciting to be here with you on the movement. Like, I feel like we're really like on the wave of this. Um, it's, it's super exciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of segues into, you know, we first met about a year ago at the uh, Culinary Institute of America's Healthy Kids Collaborative, um, which is a strategic initiative through the CIA to um, kind of have more representation in the K-12 space. And, uh, you know, the thought leaders like yourself out there pushing the envelope. And um, so, and that's where you got involved with this uh, plant forward group. So tell us a little bit about the focus of that group and what you all are doing and trying to really push out the narrative to help other operators throughout the country. Yeah, so that is um, super exciting, big heavy lift. I feel like it's easy to do the work and it's easy to put together our examples and it's actually easy to put together the ideas and it's easy to share and I think what the hard part is, is wherever the disconnect is of the thought process of the receivers of the information. Um, and we just try to like break it down and make it simple. And it's just a hurdle to get over. It's like a really completely a paradigm shift to 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 get over the hurdle of of like uh like this is not the way that we've always done it kind of thing. It's totally different for um, so many people. And what's really, it, it's also exciting to meet uh, directors who have been in the game for so long and retired and have retired out that are so like intrigued by the idea of scratch cooking in schools, local pro procurement, um, organic, clean label because it shows the opportunity of like what we're fighting for is attainable and we will get everybody um, to understand that it is not hard and it is it is what we have to do um, there's just not enough resources to continue the way that things have been done and um, i think it's it's an easy way to show uh you know directors and chefs and staffs and uh operations 
how to do it. So we put together new recipes. We've put together new products. We, we use analogs, you know, I hate to say it, fake meat. If it, if it can be produced uh, and, and it's not harming the planet more than actually raising like a, a cattle or something like that. Um, if it can be produced and it's healthy, um, you know, sodium, sugar, and, and all the, all the buzzwords are like in line. Okay. But if you can go to like whole food plant-based, um, you know, you're even that much farther ahead and, and everybody can get there, but we have to start somewhere. And I really like to go back to the continuum of like, it's not to make people feel bad of where you fit in on the continuum of scratch cook, locally procured this and that, but it's like identify where you are, even if you're at like a one or like a 0.5 and then a one, like know where you're at, um, as far as processed food goes versus scratch and and just you know make goals communicate with your colleagues um i like to for people to communicate about where they're at because like hey if, if you're if i'm let's say i'm a one on the continuum of scratch food and there's someone else that's like not even feeling like they're at a one everything is completely processed they're not going to necessarily want to go and speak with the people that are like at a four right it's daunting it's like scary so go and communicate with who you can your colleagues like open it up like uh, there's so much more communication that we have to do um, to feel comfortable. So the plant-based group, basically, we are developing recipes. We are working with sponsors and we are trying to show the ease of what we're doing so that everybody can do it. Like this is not something that we're trying to hide or keep a secret. Like we're trying to share this um, and we want everybody to do it, it because yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, you're healing the earth with that food being produced at some time, at some point, right? Like putting nitrogen back in the soil and stripping some of the bad stuff out of the air versus putting it back into it. So, and helping kids get healthier, less chronic disease, like less diabetes. You know, I grew up eating school food. I loved it. I ate too much food. No one ever taught me how to eat. I'm type two diabetic. Um, you know, school food has helped me get healthy. Um, right. It's like a give and take relationship. And I want all of our kids in the nation to be able to like, and I want all of, you know, to, I want to be able to help all the food service directors, all the chefs, all the cooks, all the dishwashers out there doing prep, like learn better habits, work with better products, serve better food. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that continuum just for our listeners that may not uh, be aware of it this year, the first time I was introduced to the scratch cooking continuum, basically, was at a conference called Scratchworks this last year. And it was, a I shouldn't call it a conference, it was a gathering. Yeah, um, absolutely. Very, very, very well put together, um, talking about more moving to scratch-based cookery. And this continuum basically is one to six with one being, you know, pretty much zero level of scratch-based cooking, all the way up to six where scratch cooking is happening at the most uh, applicable rate possible. I don't think any of us will ever be able to do 100% scratch-based cooking K-12, although we'd like to. I just think that that's probably outside of our availability uh, within the parameters that we have to work in, but, you know, as much as applicable. So anywhere kind of on that continuum is where different folks may fall one through six, uh, just to get some reference for some folks. Um, but wh when did you learn about the continuum? Was it at Scratchworks or was it through your work with the Chef Ann Foundation? Uh, you know, I think it's very... Uh it blends together. I think, okay. you know, be, because of Chef Ann Foundation, um, you know, because of Healthy Kids Collaborative, because of Institute for Ch of Child Nutrition, I think it's like, boom, like, I, I think it's, 
who said it first. I'm not exactly sure. I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but um, all these opportunities like have really, uh, I think, brought us to this point. Yeah. So tell me, so you were a member of the inaugural group, and you all are just wrapping up now, of the Chef Ann Foundation Fellowship. Can you yeah. tell a bit more about that journey? What, first of all, what it's about, tell, tell our listeners, and then what made you decide to apply? And then, um, and then I'll tap you with some more questions. I don't want you to. Yeah, talk. yeah, sure. So it's new, okay? And it's the Chef Ann Foundation's Healthy School Food Pathways Inaugural Fellowship. Um, it's a lot. I mean, you can say it in any combination, and you know, the point gets across. Um, but um, I, I, I think much like Healthy Kids Collaborative, like I knocked on the door for, you know, for a while and then someone answered and then said, okay, uh, you know, I think I had to prove like I was, I'm new to school food. So I think I had to kind of prove like, no, but like, who is this guy? This Like when I got hired into school food service, my boss said, you're going to you're going to either get hooked and you're going to love it or you're not going to like it. And like, like two weeks into the whole thing, she was like, you're kind of crazy. I don't know what to do with you. And she said, you're going to get on the phone with Bertrand Weber. And I didn't know whether to be scared or what. Um, so I get on the phone with Bertrand and it was incredible. And I think from that day on, uh, kind of like set the pace for me in motion um, to, do stuff to look for stuff like this. Um, you know, nobody said, Hey, come and join this group. Like, honestly, I like, I want to improve and I want to get better because I want to do better for our kids in our community. And this is the stuff that helps me feel fulfilled that I am like pushing my own envelope that like, I'm going to go to work every single day and I'm going to do the best job I can for my kids and my community. And that means like, I really have to know my stuff and I have to be like, uh, on top of it, like, no, like, I, like coming from fine dining and Michelin star, like finding the very best products ever, like people have never seen kind of stuff to work with, to present and like manipulate and tweezers and microscopes and put it on a plate um and feel like wow like oh my gosh like and that's kind of what i do that's what i bring every day to school food like on a cardboard section tray um and so for me to do it like i really have to like get my brain full of the best cutting edge stuff and like this is it i'm completely humbled and honored and privileged to be here and be in these organizations to have met you um been dying to do this call with you since like when you mentioned it to me literally like in napa at the healthy kids collaborative i was like man this is gonna be awesome like where are we gonna do this thing in the lobby in the hotel and the you know where and like here we are we're sitting on the you know zoom again but it's awesome yeah <laughs> back to pandemic almost there. so long story i hope that answered your question but like yeah, that's yeah. kind of so so that first cohort uh with the fellowship there was what 20 of you or so is that right yep and um from all over so there's a large gathering from the state of california i know and then folks from um, around the nation and then also someone from one of the territories if i'm not mistaken was it american samoa or yeah. uh it's, it's um so we have a group chat. I'm going to reach out where Aaron, her, what her island is actually called. Um, it it's it's close to Guam. Okay. okay. Um, 
but it just it's a large gathering of folks from around you know the country and, and yep. different programs and um and you all were on like a, a one-year journey basically that was filled with projects meetings training really leveling up the game of everybody that was involved in that program um, yeah um it's incredible so i just sent out a message to our group like we're on a group chat thread which is awesome because we're all in different time zones yeah. so i know that she's like it's probably already friday there and it's probably she's not even awake yet but someone will uh get back to me for her for her uh territory but yeah i mean the the way that we were brought together and like we're gonna we're gonna finish up with our grand finale in january for our capstone presentations which is like if we have time to go into that i'd love to talk about that yeah but basically we're coming together the completion the grand finale of our program um to present our projects what we did with our grant funding and like there's a tattoo design made and there's a bunch of us going on board setting up at this tattoo shop with okay. the chef with the chef knife chef and foundation first 24 like with an apple on it you know we're trying to incorporate everybody everybody's like motif here but if that sums it up like we're going to get tattoos for this thing and there's there's tattoo virgins that are going to do this um and if tattoos aren't your thing whoever's out there like hey no pressure but just want to let you know with the inaugural co cohort of the healthy school food pathways fellowship is i mean balls to the wall and everybody that can get involved in this um or you know or any of these programs that we mentioned these you know affiliations like go for it do it like time is short and the more that you can learn and collaborate so basically like for chef Ann fellowship for healthy school food pathways fellowship like uh, it's like a chat GBT, you know what we go on any time of the day, want to know something, who's buying this, who's buying that, need utensil dispensers, need recipe, need a picture, need of this or that. Um, and like we just, we learn, everybody learns. Like, uh, you know, uh, one of our fellows, Brittany's out uh, sending us pictures of like purple potatoes. She's serving purple potatoes in school. I yeah. mean, incredible. So you know what the rest of us are going to do? You know, you're to do that right because you're, you're almost like leveling each other up constantly yeah like oh she can't be the only one doing it but kudos to her for introducing like and that's kind of what we do we play on each other's strengths we help each other's weaknesses um and and honestly i feel like uh any collaboration that anyone out there listening to this can do it, even if it's just with one other person mm -hmm. like reach out have like let someone pull you up a little bit um yeah. And if, and if you think you're at the top, like go and you know what, start pulling other people up uh, because it's like, it, the, the problem is, is enormous feeding yeah. healthy food, feeding kids, healthy food. And, and like, like, like earlier we mentioned, like teach them how to do it. Like teach them. It's not just about going to work or going to school and putting the food out, wrapping up the day paperwork and, you know wrapping up the numbers at the end of the month and hoping that you're like staying out of trouble it's like teach the kids how to like how they're gonna do this like um so it's a really interestingly exciting uh thing to do and be a part of and when you're with other people there that are also trying to do it you realize like you're not the only one sometimes getting to a dump or you know you're not the only one like at the top of the mountain, like there's always someone higher, always someone doing something better. And there's always people that you can lift up in the efforts of improving the lives of, of the young people in our schools and community.
Yeah, I mean, I think it's such an important message, right? That we can't operate on islands. Like when I was a director at first, I was trying to figure it all out on my own. And I was like, oh, I'm really not doing well with this. Like it took me reaching out to some other folks that could help mentor me and lift me up. And then I was able to reciprocate that to others and help them. And it's really, I mean, it's, I think K-12 is one of the most um, collaborative spaces when people are willing to humble themselves and raise their hand and ask for help. And if you're willing to do that, you're going to succeed a lot further than just trying to figure it out on your own and, and just pouring over policy memos and trying to understand it from that lens. Um, it's really about putting those things to action and walking that talk. It's interesting, too, um, with that cohort you're with, I had the pleasure of being um, invited to kind of the first meeting you all had somewhere in person, somewhere virtual. And that was back in January of this year, um, following the School Nutrition Industry Conference down in San Diego. And uh, the meeting was held at Sweet Valley, um, Sweet, Sweet Water, sorry, Sweet Water Union High School District, where uh, my friend Eric Spann is the director there. He was on our last podcast. And a lot of you piped in um, virtually and others were in person. And we had um, Cindy Long from USDA there, the, the administrator, um, and just kind of taking the pulse of all these people in this room and kind of seeing some nerves and some, some you know, uh, almost intimidation level at some point, you know, meeting new people and going on this journey, not knowing really 100% what to expect, even though it was laid out really well, there's still nerves, right? Especially with the inaugural group. For sure. The uh, privilege of seeing you all um, later in April at Scratchworks and seeing this kind of group coming together and people vibing and jiving and really starting to see some of that collaboration. And then you all came down to the Institute in the end of uh, May of this past year to do a few days of training with us on the culinary side of the house and really got to get a good, good view of how you all really come together. Um, Really it's like each other it's, support each other. It was a very cohesive group. It was, it, you know, all these people have some vast backgrounds and um, different ways that they got into the space and where they're at on that continuum, right? And yeah, it was just lifting each other up. It was so great to see. Yeah, it was awesome. And the way you just describe it, it's like cooking a recipe. Like you know, starting with the mirepoix and the adding the ingredients, letting it come up and seasoning it. And here we are, gel. Like we're together. It's like we're almost the finished you know, take the cake out of the oven kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head, man. Um, here, let me back up real quick. Erin um, is from her, it's Northern Mariana Islands. Okay. Northern Mariana. Like, I don't know, not great with geography. I can, you know, work wonders in the kitchen, but it's like, it is near Guam. And Yeah, I was, I was really bummed out that uh, when we did the training at the Institute, they had had um, some pretty significant weather that come through that area. So she wasn't able to travel up um, yep. so I had to connect with her if we had the opportunity, but uh, she was definitely missed. And, yeah, but for she, sure. Being so far away, just really tied in with this, this tight knit group. So that's really, that's really special. And um, be able to mentor each other from across the ocean is pretty cool. And, yep. Yeah. So what do you have in the plans for this upcoming year? Like, is there anything new envelopes you're going to push or new things you're going to implement or what, what are you excited about? Uh, so I'm really excited about really pushing hard, developing more relationships with local farmers. Um, I'd really like to, um, you know, figure out who basically we can support by going and like, 
buying up an entire crop from a local farmer that we can serve um, to our kids. And not because like we want to take all the product for ourselves, but maybe that'll help that farmer, you know, expand their, their farm or add another crop or, you know, things like that. And I just think it it all, if you're able to buy out their entire crop, they don't have to go to market. They don't have to truck to market. They don't have to pay a booth rental. They don't have to pay someone to sit at multiple markets or whatever. If you're able to do that, like it drives down their costs, which could impact driving down your cost for that same product. You're buying yep. you're putting less gas, you know, less gas or diesels being used to transport because you're not going to and from as many places. And I mean, there's really this, this holistic thing, especially with that forward procurement piece where you're saying we're going to buy X number of pounds that you're going to plant for us and, and making it work that way. Like that exactly. is a strategic approach. And it, what whatever it is we can get, you know, it's like what is it going to be? I don't. We don't really know yet, but we we're going to figure it out together. Do do we have time for me to touch on my capstone project? Please, for? please tell us about this capstone project. Okay, so everyone, they our fellows picked great projects. There's someone that brought in a smoker to their school. Uh, someone did a like a rotisserie. Lots of products. Like there's conservation projects, like recycling, and I uh, a big. One of the things that I w- always wanted to check off my list since coming into school food is the crap that comes in just a box that's individually wrapped that is somehow K-12 approved to serve kids. That is just, uh, for example, I'll pick on this blueberry muffin that's like individually wrapped. It's frozen. It's about 32 grams of sugars and zero fiber. Um I want to do baking. I want to like all of our schools have floor, not all of them, but we have plenty of floor mixers in many of our schools. Everyone has an ovens, oven or ovens. And so uh, with our generous grant funding, we, we've, we're, we're going to work with a local uh, women, woman owned and operated bakery. She's been in Alexandria for 30 years. Her name is Mary Beth, Mary Beth's bakery. Um, She's going to start doing our, our bread fresh local scratch made very few ingredients like we're talking flour yeast and water um uh, like preservatives no like sugar no no. just enough to grow the yeast fine um so like it's really exciting that that's going to like be the like the kindling that's going to get us going that where they're going to also be able to help us teach a few people how to actually bake bread and how to eventually start baking some bread in all of our schools is the goal to like do every hamburger bun for the whole day. Like, you know, we, we serve uh, over 10,000 lunches a day. There's no way we're going to do all of it in house, but if we can do some of it yeah, in house, you know, it's just going to place us farther ahead of feeling better about serving kids better. And um, it's really exciting. So it's something that I've wanted to do. And I went, I went to my team and I asked, can we do, uh, cause the, the project also down the road that, that I have mapped out is a, is a fresh seafood program that I want to model off of a site visit that we did through the fellowship in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, Cambridge mass public schools, you know, in tandem with Harvard university doing the same kind of thing where they, you know, at once a week, they buy like the whole boat of the white fish that they can serve as fish tacos. And it comes in, it gets delivered and then boom like the most seafood uh for these 
fishermen are coming in and they, you know when they ask where's our seafood going and most times it's like yeah hotels fine dining uh you know new york city michelin star this and that like it's at public school and so i've identified the vendor and another women-owned family fishmonger business that's been in alexandria virginia for a long time who's going to help us with this but we just have to you know get all the foundation in place for it you know um so we've lots of fun ideas um and uh you know that's that's some of the stuff we're going to work on next year i'm really looking forward to also having the opportunity to assist um you know other school districts that need to get uh on that want to get on board with it you know the cto training with you last a couple weeks ago in san antonio cia it was incredible to collaborate with the group of people that were there and also knowing that you know you've shown us the way like you've prepared us you know kathy and corey and uh, all the other great chef instructors showing us the way to be able to go and do that it's really exciting um everyone i talk to about it's really excited about it and that's why i keep bugging you about like a uh, press kit or whatever we're going to do because i don't exactly know how to like you know hey come and get this usda provided training you know like uh you've got a lot of great trainers out there just got done training they're ready to do it um so it's all very exciting and i just think like it's so incredible so can't thank you enough i think the theme of this uh, podcast is should just be titled partnerships because uh we talked about a lot of different great strategic partnerships that have happened and what you were mentioning there that cto it's a consultant trainer orientation with that we did in the icn did in collaboration with um, the Culinary Institute of America, where we brought in 15 consultants and trained them on both of our sets of K-12 culinary-based training so we could um, level up the number of trainers that are available nationwide and um, kind of start disseminating a lot more of this training out there because um, the one thing we'll never run out of is a need for training. New people come in, people go out, new things come up, different ways of doing things happen. So like the more training we can give, the better. Um, you know, I like to, and some people look at me cross when I say this, but I really feel that whatever the USDA professional standards minimum is, is really that minimum. And, um, we should be making sure that our staff is trained a heck of a lot more than six or eight or 12 hours a year. They need to be constantly trained because if we're not training them, we're not retaining them. That's the way I look at it. Like they need to know how to do their jobs and be effective at it and feel supported and if you're not training and training the right way, growing them, not just, you know, this is how to do it and, and yelling at them, but like growing your people, that's how you retain. Yep. That's how we get out of this crisis of um, being underemployed. You know, if you can't retain people and they're coming in and out, it's a turnstile, you're not going to, you're not going to get new people because word is out that the program isn't doing the things to make a good quality of employment for people. So absolutely and i can't remember who said this i don't want to butcher the author but um you know train your employee train your staff so that they can go and get a job anywhere but treat them well enough that they don't want to leave yeah. and um it's it's amazing and and you know collaborate with everybody you can reach look out reach out to social media um you know just collaborate with everybody get better yourselves yeah and the one thing I'll say too on that social media note is like, don't feel down if you're not there yet, right? Look oh, at yeah. it. I think sometimes people get kind of gutted when they see other programs doing these like awesome things. And I think also realize that they're just like anything on social media, you're seeing their highlight reel. 
right? So they might be doing a hundred really cool things, but there might be another 150 in the background that they really need to improve on. So yeah, you're right. Look at it as inspiration. Don't get gutted, but look at it and, and see what is possible and know that just because they're doing that doesn't mean that everything else is perfect. Either. So yep. um, these are really good lenses to look through because um, I see a lot of folks are like, oh yeah, they're doing this and this and this, but you've seen the other stuff they're doing. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, well, are you showing your terrible stuff in life on your on your social media? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're not here. Yeah. We're not here to judge. If anything, constructive criticism to help, and just show off what you're doing, even if it's basic. Like, there's someone else that that's an improvement for. Right. It, that you're going to inspire. If you made a housemade salad dressing this week, share it on social media. Show yeah. it. If you added some fresh fruit to a canned fruit cocktail, and that's how yeah. you up your game a little bit show it off share it talk about why kids liked it more like these yeah. are inspire and grow and simple simple steps they start snowballing and all of a sudden yeah. your, your program starts shifting in a way that you couldn't even imagine because you can yeah. buy it, you get it it's amazing it's it, it it is not like yelp like we're not restaurants critics going to shut down restaurants with a this is the worst thing I ever had. Like we're here, like it's all positive. It's all reinforcing and it's all here. We're here to help. I mean, get on, get on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I see you're wearing a school, uh, school, uh, school food rocks hat. And I think, yeah. Uh, and that's the other thing is mm -hmm. I've never personally met Joe Urban. Our paths have crossed. Yeah. Um, I think he's amazing also. And I, you know, I, I look to him for, for inspiration um he's you know he's he just announced he's going to retire and i'm like you know the guy looks like he's like 25 and he's been in school food for 16 and a half 17 years um but that, it's a real easy way to get on board with if you just want to go and look if you're not if you're beginning with social media school food rocks is a great platform to look at um and i think know, it's message of you know tell your story before someone else tells it for you is really important right and again, mm -hmm. the story being told isn't the full picture, but you know we're, we're sharing our highlight reel, and it's it's good to share those things and help you know level each other up and, and push push the game. So yeah, and ask for help, everybody. Like just ask for help. You know, someone recently, or our our new menu coordinator recently, like taught me how to use my iPhone camera. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I i'm kind of an old man so what can i say you know every little bit helps and my pictures do look better so take advice from whoever is willing to give it to you that's right be a lifelong learner yeah absolutely well chef thank you so much for your time today's conversation i'm sorry it took a year to get down uh, and chat with you but i think this year of everything that we've both uh this journey we've been on and we keep intersecting way too often which is a good thing yeah uh, and it helped us be able to do a better podcast. So I'm really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and also having seen all of your guests, I mean, it's, it's a hard act to follow. So um, I hope there's been some enjoyment for folks out there watching this, but um, you really do put together a great program and it's really very helpful and go on the Institute of Child Nutrition, all the resources. I was just on there getting a recipe yesterday. I mean, it's amazing. It, it, it's just so amazing how many resources are out there. So. Well, thank you for that plug. We appreciate it. And if, if listener, if you ever get the chance to spend some time with, with Chef Jason, do it. His cup it floweth over and he will fill you up if you're feeling depleted. I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. Please. Um, yeah. Can't thank you enough. I just feel blessed to be here. So thanks a lot, Chef. Yeah. Thank you, Chef.
and we'll see you on the next mix up. Awesome, man. Join us next time as we continue to mix it up with culinary experts and program operators from the child nutrition community. Stay motivated, keep cooking, and let's nourish a healthier generation. This project has been funded at least in part with federal funds from the United States Department of Agriculture, Food and Nutrition Service through an agreement with the Institute of Child Nutrition at the University of Mississippi. The content of this publication does not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, nor does mention of trade names, commercial products, or organizations imply endorsement by the U.S. government. The University of Mississippi is an EEO, AA, Title VI, Title IX, Section 504, ADA, ADEA employer. In accordance with federal civil rights law and U.S. Department of Agricultural Civil Rights regulations and policies, this institution is prohibited from discriminating on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, including gender identity and sexual orientation, disability, age, or reprisal or retaliation for prior civil rights activity. To file a program discrimination complaint, a complainant should complete a form AD-3027 USDA Program Discrimination Complaint Form, which can be obtained online, or from any USDA office by calling 866-632-9992, or by writing a letter addressed to USDA. The letter must contain the complainant's name, address, telephone number, and a written description of the alleged discriminatory action in sufficient detail to inform the Assistant Secretary of Civil Rights about the nature and date of an alleged civil rights violation. The completed AD-3027 form or letter must be submitted to USDA by either mail at U.S. Department of Agriculture, Office of Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, 1400 Independence Avenue, Southwest, Washington, D.C., 20250-9410, or by fax at either 833-256-1665 or 202 690-7442 or by email at program.intake at usda.gov. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider, employer, and lender.